Hey, hey, happy Monday once again. Hope everyone had an amazing Christmas and welcome to episode number 28 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Before we move on to our guest, Outside the Shoot would like to announce in conjunction with Beautiful Beasts of Sport, one of their major awards for the year. The Beautiful Beasts of Sports Board of Directors award three players each year from across the U.S. in three separate categories, MVP, Ambassador of the Year, and Volunteer of the Year. They do so to encourage their youth to excel in being student-athletes on and off the field. Their first announcement was for Volunteer of the Year, and this year's recipient was Delaney Perry of Florida. Delaney was instrumental in organizing softball equipment and gear, volunteers and donations from across the U.S., and shipping it all to Africa. Fantastic job, Delaney, and congrats on your well-deserved award. Now on to our guest, and we sat down and chatted with former University of Nebraska standout and current South Dakota State assistant coach, Kiki Stokes. We're going to talk to Kiki about getting her start in the game, her decision to go to Nebraska to become a Cornhusker, the formation of This Is Us softball club after a horrendous tweet from Scrapyard Dogs GM, as well as moving on to the coaching ranks where she is currently a South Dakota Jackrabbits assistant coach. Kiki was a pleasure to chat with, and I'm really hoping we get to see a new Cooking with Keeks episode from her coming up in the new year. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that? Here we go. Kiki, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm excited. How's things in Iowa today? It's good, a little snowy, but nonetheless, good good weather for the most part, I guess. I'm used to the snow, so mm-hmm. this is just the start of it. Right, yeah. I'm glad you told me you were in Iowa, because I, I, I was going to ask you how things were in South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in South Dakota, I mean, it's it's probably just as cold, so... I don't know if it snowed there or not yet in Brookings, but uh, it's always cold around this time anyway. So Yeah. They, you, you tend to get a lo- uh, quite a bit of snow in South Dakota, don't you? Yes. Yeah. So much. I mean, I'm originally from Kansas City, so when I moved to uh, Brookings, I did not realize how much snow uh, they got. But yes, we get a lot of snow, right. especially in January. Right on. Yeah, we, t- we tend to get... It, it's been getting less every year here in, in Nova Scotia because... Uh, I don't know what it is. It's almost like uh, we're we're becoming like Vancouver on the on the west coast. Where, yeah, and it's just. Uh, I mean, I don't mind. I I don't mind snow here and there. I like snow for Christmas, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, we've been we've been getting less and less, which I guess is all right. Yeah, uh, yeah, not, can't complain. That's right. Now, before we get going about ball, I need to know when we're yeah. get when we're getting our next cooking with Keeks episode. Oh man. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I literally just said, I'm, I've been looking at Pinterest of things to cook because I'm like, I have been just like in a cooking mood. I don't know if it's because like there's nothing to do and I'm just like bored at home. So I want to cook, but yeah, I've been looking. Right on. I'm thinking of maybe something baking, but we'll see. Right on. That last dish you made was, it looked amazing. It was so good. It turned out really well. Yeah. What what was it? it was, I know chicken was the was the main thing that went in there. It was like I don't even know what it's called. I honestly just saw it on Facebook and I was like, that looks really good. Let me do it. It's, <laughs> like, it's like a an Italian. Um, it's like an Olive Garden dressing, like Italian pasta type. Gotcha. Not quite fettuccine alfredo but close right on right on well it looked delicious either way uh <laughs> so honda ball i guess when and uh, where'd you get your start in the game yeah so i started playing when i was in kindergarten and i didn't really start taking softball seriously until about like fourth grade um growing up i kind of played a lot of different sports i played football i played basketball i played soccer softball um didn't really start sticking with me till around fourth grade. And I joined my first travel ball team. And ever since then, I mean, I stuck with 
softball all the way through um, high school, obviously, and then ended up playing college at University of Nebraska Lincoln mm-hmm. and loved my time being a Husker. It was awesome. College was an amazing experience for me. Um, and then right after college, got drafted um, in the first round, sixth pick to the Scrapyard Dogs. And then I played with them for five years. And then this last summer uh, is when kind of the This Is Us softball kind of came about. So. Yeah. Well, you just you just covered my whole podcast. See you later. No, <laughs> just kidding. Good. No, that's just the, that's just the brief. We can dive yeah. in. No worries. <laughs> now you mentioned football. Uh, yep. Did you you played right up till till middle school, didn't you? Yep. How how was that? Till middle school. Uh, it was so fun. I look back on like my time playing football and um, my brother. Obviously, that's kind of where I got um, the I guess niche to play, but played all the way up until middle school. And then, you know, when the boys started getting a little bit bigger and I stayed the same size, my dad was like, yeah, no, you're done. You got to stick to softball and that's it. So right on. It was a good run while it lasted. Oh yeah. What position did you play? Running back. Oh, of course. Yep. Yeah. Of course. Yep. Give you the ball and run. Yep. That's it. Right on. (laughs) So growing up, was there any, anybody particular that you looked up to or was a role model to you? Um, I mean, for when it came to softball and baseball, I mean, I watched a lot of those as a kid. My dad played um, college football, but he also played baseball for a little while. And um, I mean, growing up, Natasha Watley was like the idol. When I first saw softball even being played on TV, she was like the first black um, softball player that I had ever seen play. So right. she was initially my my go-to. That was kind of my idol. But Ken Griffey Jr. was really like my idol. idol. Uh, like, yeah. He came to baseball. I mean, I just loved watching him play and just like his style of play is like everything that like I kind of embodied like growing up. I would just watch highlights on YouTube all the time, just over and over and over again. Um, and that's kind of, I think who I really fell in love with as far as just like the game and, and the style of play. And yeah. Yeah. He, Griffey had such a good swing, man, man. And you can watch it over and over again and it never gets old. No, that's so true. And, so true. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Now tell us about your, uh, playing time at Olathe East high and, and with your travel team there, De Marini's efforts, uh, you had some, yeah. some impressive numbers. You know, um, high school was like a really, really fun time for me, to be honest. That was like when I felt like softball was my outlet um, for sure. Like that was the peak um, for me with softball and just being my go-to and what I needed to kind of get me through just whatever it was I was, I was going through in life. Um, but played at Oasis East, loved my time being a Hawk. Um, we won one state championship uh, one year, runner-up another year, and then I think we made state the other two years. Um, but really great time. Coach Holtz was my coach all the way through high school and great guy and literally helped me as a person just grow. Um, and then I played for Ryan Taylor with the DeMarini Zephyrs, and now it's the DeMarini Aces. Um, but played with him um, through high school and then in the middle, I guess I would say, I didn't start playing for the DeMarini Zephyrs up until probably my ninth grade year, ninth or 10th grade year. Okay. Um, in between there was like the hot six. Um, Rob Waters was my other coach. So I would say those three as my coaches literally shaped me into the player that I am today by far. Nice. So is the, is the game big in Kansas? Like, is, is there a lot of participants in the game? I would say it's growing for sure. Um, I mean, for me, I know that when I was growing up, we had um, just like a little league um, in Kansas City. And there was probably, I want to say, 10, maybe 10, 15 teams in the area. And um, But I really just didn't really see it start to like grow and be like competition, you know, traveling all over the place until like high school and 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 high school is like when we really started traveling all over the world and going to different tournaments all across the country and that was kind of when i saw softball kind of like picking up a little bit it was kind of kind of reminded me of like aau basketball 
in a sense where you're going to all these different tournaments, you're playing in front of all these college coaches. Um, I would say that probably picked up a little bit more around high school. Right on. So how many schools were on your radar when, before you chose Nebraska? Um, you know, quite a few. However, um, I had went to a Nebraska camp for the very first time. I had never gone to really any college camps up until I went to, uh, Nebraska and, Literally the day that I got there and went to camp, once camp was over, um, the coaches, because at the time they could talk to you about recruiting, um, they had me in their office and they said, you know, like, we'd love to have you like play here for, you know, college if that's something that you're interested in. And I literally about jumped over the desk and said yes, because, I mean, it was just one of those places where you walk on the campus and you walk into the city of Lincoln and it's like, it feels like home. And being close to home was something that was important to me. However, um, you know, obviously I started getting more and more calls uh, as I was playing. So when I verbally committed, I was going into ninth grade. Um, and then that summer and then summers leading up to, I mean, I had gotten quite a few calls to come on visits and such, but I mean, I just fell in love with Nebraska. And so I stuck with it and I'm so happy that I did because there's no place like it. Well, that's something to, to commit at ninth grade and then, yeah. you know, to, to have other people swaying you to try and choose to, to stick with Nebraska. That's uh that says a lot right there. Yeah, it was hard. It definitely was hard, but I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, my coaches at Nebraska were the absolute reason why I chose to to play there. I mean, they were phenomenal. All three of them were, it felt like home for me and, and they took me in and, and they made me one of their own. And I mean, they wanted the best for me. And I'm, again, I'm, I don't regret my decisions at all. Right on. So what, what was your first impression of the, of the campus in Bowling Stadium? Man, it was like unreal for me because, again, I had never really seen. I mean, I'd been to KU. I'd been to Mizzou. Um, I'd actually been to Arkansas. and So I've, I had seen stadiums, but uh, nothing really compares. I mean, Bowling Stadium is, is none. There's nothing like it, honestly. Um, you go to even any of the other schools in the Big Ten, and it's just different. And I think it just stood out to me. And there was so much that was going up at the time. Um, Alex Gordon training facility, which is the indoor facility that was going up like right when I was getting recruited. So they were getting a lot of new things added to um, the facilities. And so everything impressed me from the training table to, I mean, the academic um, resources that they had. I mean, it was all just kind of like a package deal. Right. When the training t- table impresses you, that's <laughs> that's impressive right there. <laughs> yep, nothing's like food. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. That's right. Now, f- football's pretty big in Nebraska, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I mean, right now we're struggling just a little bit, but yeah. you know what? Uh, through any through any weather, we all stick together. I mean, that's the motto, and it's it's a little rough right now, but hopefully in the future, you know, Scott Frost has, I think, got a good head on his shoulders and I, I hope he can turn it around. Right but historically, yes, absolutely. Uh, Nebraska was like walking in. I mean, just the standards and expectations that they have, it's like it's next level. So it's cool to see that it's tradition there and they want to be the best. And hopefully, like I said, we can turn it around here. What's What's a game day experience like there? Man, I mean, it's undescribable, to be honest. It's like you got to be there to actually feel it. But uh, my very first game, um, I went on a – it was my official visit, and I just remember telling my dad, like, I was getting goosebumps as the tunnel walk comes on and, you know, you see the big screen and the lights and everyone's cheering, go Big Red. I mean, it's it's unreal, and it's an atmosphere that you have to really be there to to experience it because – it's it's so cool. And I mean, to play in front of 90,000 plus people mm. every Saturday is, is awesome. Yeah, that'd be unreal. I couldn't even imagine the mm-hmm. adrenaline rush you get as a player, you know, walking yeah, out there. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so uh, do you remember your first game against Illinois, Chicago and New Mexico? I don't. You don't. I was gonna. <laughs> I don't. Oh I mean, wow. I I think that there's. I I don't. I mean, I remember that trip absolutely. Yeah. I think that that trip to me was like 
I have pictures of, of our very first trip. That's the one thing that I think I look back at the most is, you know, my teammates and the experience that we just had overall. But I don't remember the game in itself, to be honest. Did okay. I do well? Do you know? I think you, went, <laughs> I think you were two for five, I believe, if I remember my notes okay. correctly. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, not a, ba- not a bad debut, what? Huh? Not bad. No, not right. bad. I guess. No, I'm hoping. I'm hoping you remember yeah. your home de- debut because you hit a walk off three run homer in the tenth inning. So I uh, do remember uh, that. That must have been pretty special, eh? State, I think. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean. I never would have imagined, uh, especially like thinking how I came in as a freshman. I was really little and just, I, yeah, my freshman year, I hate talking about my freshman year because it's like the year that I just say I was just all over the place. There, there just was no type of focus. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Well, you, you guys would go to the College World Series that year, correct? That you're, we did. you're fresh. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe touch mm-hmm. on that. What was, uh, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, you grow up dreaming about it. Like I said, um, as I was growing up and going through the game, I started watching, you know, the College World Series a lot more and paying attention to, you know, who was making it. And so seeing it on TV and then actually being there, I think, was just really surreal for me because I'm just like, wow, this is the biggest stage. And um, at the time, I was a flex, so I was just playing defense. Um, when we got to the World Series. But even that was an experience that, again, you're out there and you're just surrounded by fans mm-hmm. right and left, in front of you, behind you. And it's it's so cool, that atmosphere. And it's growing to see that what the stage looks like now compared to when we were there in 2013 is, is awesome. Yeah, I actually watched that 15-inning uh, game last night against Florida. And that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking to myself, this is the longest game of my life. I, I think it was probably the longest game that I had ever played in. And it just like was never ending. And and even after the game, you know, obviously we were all disappointed, but we sat in that locker room for quite some time. Just like, it was like, not only were we physically drained, but just like emotionally, like we just sat there for a while and just thought like, you know, yeah, we're out, but th- that was an amazing game. Like you, mm. you live for those games. That's why you play to to play in games and moments like that. So, nonetheless, yes, we lost, but I thought I like we handled it very well in a sense. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys, you guys had a good run there. The, both games went to extra innings, and I mean, you can't yep. say you didn't put up a fight. Yep. 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 Yeah. yeah. It was an experience for sure. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm, I I uh, when I was watching the that game there, I, I was laughing at the announcer saying that, that there was another game after your guys's game and they had to complete it. And I was like, oh my yeah. god, yeah, <laughs> felt bad for the other team. Back to the hotel. Oh, I felt so bad. Um, Michigan and I think it was Michigan and Arizona State, maybe. Right. They uh, they were walking in as we were walking out, going back to the locker room, and I'm just like looking at them, like they were warming up for hours. <laughs> and I was like, I can only imagine. I mean, we got back to the hotel, and obviously we see it on the TVs in the hotel when we're walking in, and I'm like, they're just now starting this game, and it's like midnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, probably brutal. Yeah, well, I, I've been to many tournaments where, you know, I'm a pitcher and, you know, you think you're playing in a half an hour and you start, you know, getting loose and everything and <laughs> ramping it up. And then all of a sudden, oh, two hours later, they're still playing. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. So did you find there was a big learning curve that first season? Absolutely. I mean, for me personally, like I said, I say I don't like talking about it, but I think that was one of the most pivotal, pivotal parts of my career and just turning my whole career around was just uh, figuring out how to be different. And that my freshman year, I mean, there was just a lot of things that I just didn't understand or quite know um, competing at the next level, what that looked like. And then moving into my sophomore year, I think I just, it it was a spark. I mean, I'll never forget where I was at Um, Michigan state. I kind of had, you know, a crappy warm up, and I'm thinking to myself, like you got to turn this around. Like, you have so much more in you, so much more potential. And that was kind of like a turning point for me as well. When I kind of just figured out, like, I'm tired of being underlooked. I'm tired of like, you know, always constantly like not being the person that they can like rely on. I want to be that person. So I think that's where I really changed my game. And freshman year was absolutely a learning curve for me. All right. Was there something you worked on, you know, between your sophomore and junior season that, you know, propelled that confidence level for you? 
Um, I would say just like learning to hit more. Um, you know, initially when I came in, all I could do was like slap and bunt. And so, uh, in college, you find out really quickly that scouting report comes out and, uh, they, they know you, they know exactly what you're going to do. They know how to feed into your game plan. So, um, the, the one thing that I started trying to work into my tools was just being able to hit. Um, because I know I got into a lot of situations where, you know, there'd be runners on base and I'd have to either get pinch hit for, or I wouldn't deliver in those moments. And so that was kind of where I really focused on was trying to just develop a little bit more power and, and, and develop a swing. Right on. Now, is there, is there any other special moments from Nebraska that stick out to you? I would say just my last two years, I mean, it, it's it's a completely different person. I mean, you look at my statistics from my freshman and sophomore year to junior and senior year, and it's, it's like a completely different oh, it's, person. Oh, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> it, it's crazy. And I, you know, commend my coaches for, you know, never giving up on me. But, I mean, we had a really hard conversation, um, the three of us, uh, or the four of us, um, you know, after, I think it was after my freshman year and they said, you know, Kiki, if you don't walk away from here in all American, like it's not only on us, but it's on you because you have the potential and the talent and everything that you need, but you got to start like working like you want to be that. And uh, that stuck out to me the most. And literally, I mean, I'll never forget coach Ravel calling me uh junior year summer. Uh, and she was like, Kiki, you did it. You're an all American. And I'm like, Holy cow. I, I don't believe it. Like, and same with the next in the following year. So it just was a testament to, you know, coaches never giving up on me and me never giving up on myself and, and actually turning that, you know, uh, work ethic on and, and figuring out a way to, to elevate myself and to, to be the best player in person that I could be. Right on. That's awesome. So after Nebraska, you'd uh, get selected in the first round, sixth overall, like you said, by the Scrapyard Dogs of the National Pro Fast Pitch League. Uh, how were the first couple of years there? It was awesome. I mean, uh, honestly, dream come true. I'll never forget. Um, we were on our way to Minnesota as a team with Nebraska and the draft was on TV and our flight had gotten delayed. It was the craziest thing. It was like all the stars aligned and on the TV in the airport, um, they turned on the draft and that's literally like how I found out where I found out. No way. Airport, getting ready. Yes. That's yeah, awesome. Getting ready to go. And so we literally like are going crazy in the airport and people are looking at us like, what is going on? <laughs> and, uh, that's kind of how I found out and, um, got there. My rookie year was awesome. It was honestly a dream come true to be able to play with some of the greatest ever and being able to say, I can play next to these people and play against these people. It was just, a really really cool experience and um uh, even you know years the, the the following years i mean i know um after my rookie season i had surgery on my shoulder i tore my rotator cuff and my labrum and um moving into that second year i just was thinking like i don't know how this is gonna go and it went okay mm. i wouldn't say it was my best year i would say my rookie year was probably a little bit better than the second year, but nonetheless, still a lot of fun, still a really cool experience. And then on to third year where we, I mean, second year where we won the championship. So right. that was huge. I mean, being able to be in that moment. And I mean, it, it was the craziest series I've, I think I've ever been a part of. Monica Abbott was an absolute monster, um, toughed it out in Louisiana heat and we beat the pride twice to win it all. Wow. And, uh, so that was really cool to be a part of. And then that third year was the year that we branched off into the nationals and scrapyard. And then the fourth year was the year that we played or we played internationally the last two years, I would say. So oh, okay. Yeah. That's when they, yeah, it was like Canada and Aussies and, mm -hmm. and that there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. How was How was that, that competition? Did, did that change the competition any, or did it make it better? Um, I'd say there was bits and pieces of, uh, you know, being able to play. I mean, if you've never played, um, internationally, it is a, a very different experience, different rules in a sense, um, as well. But overall, I would say the competition was, you know, pretty, pretty solid. I would say overall, um, no matter really who we played, I would say, it was always, you know, we had to play, we had to show up every day and play and play our best. So it was different. It was, and it was a little bit of an adjustment because, you know, you're used to scouting report and knowing 
people's tendencies to going from you don't even know who these people are. They're from completely different countries. So it's a little bit harder to adjust. However, I mean, I think it was still all about the experience. I mean, getting to go to Canada, that was my first time um, being able to go to Canada. And it's a whole new world, I feel like. And and it's (laughs) cool to be able to experience different places, different people, different competition and styles. So it it was an awesome experience. Right on. Where'd you go in Canada? We were in uh, British Columbia. Oh, okay. Right um, so we played at, um, there's a big complex. I forget the name of yeah, it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big Canada cup complex or something like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. And it's, it's in oh, Surrey. Yeah. It's in Surrey, BC, I believe. Surrey. Yep. 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 That's exactly where it's at. Right yeah. on. So that was really cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Now I'd like to touch on what happened this past June with the tweet. Yeah. Um, for those, for those of our listeners that were hiding under a rock at the time, I'm referring to the, the everyone standing during the anthem and respecting the flag tweet. Um, I saw it 30 seconds after it was posted and my initial reaction and pardon my language, I was like, are you shitting me? And so I can't, I can't even imagine being in your shoes when you were made aware of it. Uh, if you would, of course, can, can you walk us through the event? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're just coming out of a whole, you know, pandemic and trying to figure this whole thing out. And, we're on the verge of, you know, being the first two, first team to be able to play back and, and come back out of this and first professional team at that. And I think we were just all really, really excited to, to be there to play and to just have the opportunity because again, it was, it was something that we just never thought in a million years could happen with everything that was going on. Um, but after the game, first pitch uh, game goes through and we get back into the locker room and we're all kind of filing in at different points and periods. And all of a sudden, though, we're all picking up our phones. That's the first thing we all initially do. And we're all kind of picking up our phones and looking at it a little bit weird. And we're I'm, everybody, you look up and everybody's seeing the same thing that you're seeing. So I picked up my phone and I'm like, all right, what is this? And I look at it and I'm just like, okay. Immediately, I kind of just like had this like sense of just like, what, mm-hmm. what, what? disbelief to be honest um and i sat in my seat for a second and then i just really started to like analyze like what was actually happening and i i began to get really emotional just because i think the best way i if i'm angry i'm a little emotional so i'm you know sitting here and i'm crying and you know everybody else is sitting in here and we're in silence to be honest for a little bit for about five minutes we're just sitting there like what in the heck just happened like Mm -hmm. this is not real life and um i remember you know cat osterman was the first one she's just like kiki you know this is absolutely insane and i can only imagine how you're feeling right now but what do you want to do and i just you know it was i sat there for a second and i didn't really respond and i just was like i can't play for an organization that doesn't really understand how insensitive that tweet was and regardless of it didn't say my name or it didn't at me by right. any means there's there's a, a underlying issue here and a, a bigger picture. You have to look a little deeper through it and um, understand that like this this was the wrong period of time too. I mean, at, at this point, you know, whether it was the George Floyd or the protests and all the social injustices that were happening in the world, this was so insensitive. And um, so I just immediately was like, I I'm done. Like I can't. And they were like, we're done too. Like we're doing this with you like this is and this is everybody and at that point I was like you know you really understand the value of each other and what it means to be a teammate when if you were in that locker room I mean it it was an experience that I really can't describe you just had to kind of be there to understand like this is what a team feels like and some of those girls I mean I had only played with for 10 days uh, you know leading up to the first game I didn't even know some of them um Kat was that was actually my first time and for her to just you know, stand up for me. And it wasn't just her. I mean, Monica, Sam Fisher, I can name right. all of my teammates that, you know, spoke up. Um, but the fact that I literally picked up my things and I walked out and within seconds, everybody else did the same thing. It was, it was so powerful. One of the most powerful moments of my career for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Now, like something special did rise from it with the, this is us team, um, which I thought brought with it a very powerful message. How did, how did that all come about? 
Um, you know, so the next day uh, was very heavy for all of us. I think it was just kind of like the initial like set in of like, it's really over, um, you know, like the opportunity that we had is over and we all gathered together in our condo and we kind of just talked about like, you know, like, what do we want to do? And again, I, you know, had reiterated to everyone that I was like, you know, if this was my last professional game and I don't know if it will be, but if it was, I, I that's not how I want to go out. So like we got to figure out a way to play again. And if it's not for the organization in itself, then so be it. Like we'll figure out another way we can play as another name. Uh, we don't have to wear those jerseys, like, but we got to do something. And we literally sat there for all day. To be honest, we were, we would, we would meet for like two, three hours, take a break, come back, meet for two, three hours, take a break, come back. <laughs> and we were doing it all day wow. to try to figure out logistically, you know, how we can make this work. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have anybody. It was just the 18 of us um, that were in the room. And that was that. And we kind of all just put our brains together. And, you know, we were like, what's important to us and why? is it important that we play because this is also like so much bigger than what we think. And we just were like, you know, this is, this is something that we can do to bring people back together and bring light on, uh, you know, it is a crappy situation, but these are the cards that we were dealt. So how are we going to respond? Right. And I just remember us kind of talking about um, the initial post that everybody was kind of putting out the night that it happened was like, this isn't us. This isn't us. Like we had no clue. We were completely blindsided by it. It wasn't like, you know, in the fifth or fourth inning, we knew about it. We had no clue until we literally walked into that locker room. And so um, when everybody was posting, this is it, this isn't us, we were like, okay, well, this is us now. Like everything that we do is, is from here on out. This is us. Like th this is us responding to everything that was negative in this whole situation. And that's kind of where we came up with like the name of like this, is us right. and then um you know we kind of embodied the words awareness empowerment and unity we thought that those three words really was what we were trying to do at the time bring awareness to things that might have gotten you know uh, swept under the rug and and empowering each other and realizing that our voices do matter and we do have a voice and to use our platforms and then being able to be united and stand with one another and understand that we can all have different opinions and outlooks on life, but we value each other. And that's, that's unity. That's bringing each other together. So those were our three words and kind of why we use those three. And then after that, I mean, we had five days to turn it around before that, that next Saturday. And I just remember all of us, I mean, we were like crying, uh, like some of us were wanting to quit. Uh, I mean, it was, such an emotional five days leading up to the very first game because I mean it was literally the 18 of us we were making the calls to all of our different sponsors how can you guys help us get jerseys get shirts like we want to try to change the look of this like we want to try to do it in the best way possible and when you have 18 people that are on a mission talking to so many different people I mean I, I can't even name how many people we reached out to and, and and helped us and stepped up because we had so many but to make it all worth it, um, that Friday before the game, uh, we had our first practice as a team. So we hadn't practiced that whole week. And we all kind of before practice had a little powwow. And uh, to be to be honest, we like literally sat there and some people wanted to quit. And I was like, you guys, we just made like the biggest waves that I could ever imagine, like in the softball community. And when you make waves like this, like you have to ride them. Yep. Like it's really, really hard. Like you got to do it. And I just remember, I just kept saying it like, let's ride it. Let's ride it. Let's ride it. Like we can do this, like just stick together, stay together. Cause the moment one of us, you know, decides to go off and not want to, you know, stay in it. Like we're all going to fall. So let's just, let's just keep it going. Like, like, let's just do it. And I remember that Saturday, uh, that Friday for practice actually was like the first time I'd seen anybody like smile because we were all just like, so happy to just like, pick up a ball, throw, hit, do whatever, like just free. We were free again. And you could tell that that was like our outlet for everybody to just be able to play. Mm. And then that Saturday, um, it was so powerful. I mean, I, that's the first time to be honest that I had gotten nerves about a game, like in a really, really, really long time. Like oh, really? I wow. never really get nervous before games, but before that game, I mean, I had all the jitters in the world. Like I, I could have literally thrown up. <laughs> because I was just so nervous. And I remember we all kind of 
took a deep breath in the locker room as a, as a unit. We sat there and a couple of us went and prayed together and then we got out on the field and it was like a whole new team. You could, you could tell we were ready to go. And to be honest, to, to win that game was absolutely crazy to win that first game, considering after everything we had went through that week mm. and the emotions, uh, but to win that game was so huge for all of us. And there were so many cool things that we did highlighting um, different black athletes that have that have played in the game. Um, we had them on our BP tops. And, I mean, we just did so much. And, and so did the Pride. The Pride did an, an, a phenomenal job on just, like, standing behind us and, and realizing that, like, they were in this too. And so it was it was cool to see both teams come together and then actually play yeah. and, and, and put something together. So very powerful. Yeah. The, the pandemic ended up shutting it down, didn't it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, and that was, I mean, COVID in Florida was getting to the point where it was, like, hot, like, really, really hot. And there was a lot of people that were very uncomfortable with just being in Florida in general. I Mm. mean, you walk out of the house, and uh, Cocoa Beach is where we were, like, staying at. And I remember the week that we all had left, they had just ordered like a mask mandate in Cocoa Beach because it just, the numbers were getting so bad. So it was a scary situation. And I mean, there's nothing that we really could do about it. However, um, we got five or six games in. And I think that those five or six games were still really powerful. And even now, I mean, we're still making strides as this is us to to just still be something that the softball community can look at as like a positive influence and a positive like reinforcement in our game right on now i was going to ask like where's where's the team stand right now is there any big plans for the new year yeah so we got a lot of cool things coming up um i know that we so we actually ended up making it an llc um and that's kind of the route that we've taken it so far now as far as playing because this is an olympic year and i think we had like nine nine or 10 girls that are on the Olympic team. All right. We're still trying to figure out, yeah, what we're going to do as far as play. Um, I, I don't know if that's a reality for us, but if it's not, we have a lot of other things planned, um, doing some speaking engagements, doing some mentoring ships, some camps some clinics, uh, some nonprofit work. So we have a lot of cool things that we're, we're, we're headed in a, a really good direction and I'm really excited for, but uh, I think we'll release some of that stuff in the new year. That's awesome. I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah. So you're now serving as an assistant coach in South Dakota State. Um, yep. What made you want to get into the coaching side of the game? Yeah. So um, my fifth year uh, at Nebraska, I graduated in five. So my fifth year, I was an undergraduate assistant and I was actually going to school for occupational therapy. And I kind of was just like, you know what? Like, I actually really like coaching. I was giving lessons quite often. I really liked doing the lessons with the younger girls. And so I'm like, this is something that like, I actually really kind of like. Well, nice. um, I had a, a, a conversation with coach Ravel and she's like, he's like, you have the gift. Like you can do it. Like you are absolutely made to do this. You understand the game, you know, the game, um, you know how to connect with people. Like this is something that you could really do. So my sixth year, I stayed and um, I did a volunteer year at Nebraska. And then right after that, I was like, oh, this um, OT was out of the door for me. I was like, this is what I'm doing. I love coaching. I love seeing kids like work hard for their results, having those light bulb moments. And I love just being a part of like their process and their journey. So um, started applying for jobs and coach, uh, coach Wood and coach Ravel, they know each other quite well. So my boss at South Dakota state, um, they know each other quite well and they kind of, you know, did a little bit of talking and I, I told her that I was looking for jobs and jumped right on board with, uh, the Jackson. I mean, I'm so grateful for coach Wood for taking a chance on me because that was my first year being an actual assistant coach. So it, it has been an absolute experience. I love it. South Dakota is awesome. Uh, great family. I mean, SDSU Brookings is a great town, great people. Everything is surrounded by Jackrabbit athletics. So it's, it's really fun to be a part of. And I love my kids and I love getting to work with them and just seeing how invested they are into everything that they do. Is, it's so rewarding. So that's I love awesome. It. Yeah. How, how's the team looking going into this season? You know, I'm super excited for them because this is like, they're just such good kids. I mean, they've worked so hard. I mean, even through the pandemic and this semester, it has been 
absolutely crazy with kids going in and out of quarantine because of contact tracing or because of getting COVID. I mean, they've handled it all so well and they've just worked really, really hard. And I think we got everything that we need from pitching to hitting to defense. I mean, we're very, very well rounded. So it'll be really fun to see this group get to work in the spring. Who's the, who'd be the top teams in your conference? Uh, NDSU, so North Dakota State, um, us, obviously. Um, <laughs> 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 USD down the road there in Vermilion. Um, and then I would probably say it's kind of hard. It's a toss up. Some teams, I mean, it switches every year, but from like what I've noticed in the last like three, those tend to be like the top three teams, I would say. Okay. Right on. Uh, I wanted to, I want to ask you about, uh, next step player development that, uh, yeah. you and Sean have going on. Maybe, uh, enlighten yeah. us on that. Yeah. So, um, over the quarantine, uh, me and Sean are trying to figure out, you know, what can we do to, I mean, we talk all the time. He's a strength coach, uh, he's a strength coach at Upper Iowa University. And so we talk a lot about like, how can we like pair the two to like really like change the development side? Because that was one thing that I noticed is just that there's a lot of kids when they get to college, like the development side, like that's something that I'm finding that I'm having to spend some time on. And I know I'm not the only one. But like truly like developing fundamentals. And so we were like, what if we put together something to where it was like the speed side of things and then like the offensive and defensive side of things? So how can we put the two together and make them work? And we figured like, you know, why don't we do like a step program where like, you know, you have step one and these are some of the fundamentals that like you really should like be working on, you should cover, and then step two, so on and so forth. And so I remember over quarantine, that's all we did like every day was we recorded like over 200 plus videos of just different content of different drills, different explanations of things. And we put it all together and kind of made, like I said, like a little program out of it. So it's been fun. Uh, However, I mean, starting a business is by no means easy and we're figuring that out as well. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, you just got to stay on it. And it's, it's one thing that I think both of us are trying to figure out, you know, especially with him now being in a head position and me being an assistant. I mean, we have full-time jobs. So how do we dedicate time to doing something like that and doing our jobs as well? And I think we're trying to find that balance still. But I think, again, like I said, that's the whole point of, of, of a business is it doesn't just happen overnight. Like you got to actually put some time and effort into it. And I, I think um, for the most part, we're excited about it and um, we're, we're trying to make some changes with it and seeing like what really sticks with people. But it, nonetheless, it was so fun to do. Like we're both so passionate about softball and, and he's so passionate about strength and conditioning that like it, it's the perfect match. So we've had a lot of fun making that. Yeah, the absolutely perfect match there. I mean, a lot of like having somebody as a strength and conditioning and, and somebody with the, your background in the game. I mean, uh, why wouldn't you want to sign up for that? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been awesome. Yeah. So we do a little thing here on the podcast with every guest that uh, we uh, it's called player association. I'll uh, mm-hmm. I'll tell you a name and you can say whether <laughs> you can talk as much as you want or as little as you want about them. Oh boy. <laughs> this, is, this is fun. A lot of my guests love this. So uh I'm gonna start. Right. I'm gonna start out with uh, Coach Ronda Revel. Oh man, uh, hero! Uh, she's literally my hero, mentor, everything in between. I mean, the lifesaver. To be honest, I trust her with my life. She's someone that I'll forever be grateful for. Now, her and I have been messaging back and forth the last couple of days because I asked her if she had huh. any, any stuff on you. <laughs> she oh, wanted boy. me. She said, uh, you need to ask her if it's true that she would sneak out of the hotel and maybe even take taxis to get McDonald's apple pies. Oh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> that was like a game day ritual. She's not lying. <laughs> She's Is not that lying right? There. Wow. No, yes. I had parents at one point, like parents of players, like, bringing me apple pies pregame like if my parents weren't there they would hey kiki i got you like i'm like dang like i got everybody looking out for me That's a, i burnt my most so many times on those oh man <laughs> she also she also said to ask her about coach oak about what sorry coach oak oh my god oh my god <laughs> so this is my alter ego uh <laughs> in like college i had like a little alter ego and it was kind of like to get us fired up i uh college world series like leading up to there 
we all were like thinking of like what can get us like in the mood like what can get us hyped and so that was my little alter ego so yeah that's awesome (laughs) what would you do oh man it was i i can't even describe it i mean i put on these like little sunglasses and i just pretend like this like really old wise coach and yeah it it just got us all fired up for some reason i think about it now and i'm like why were we the way that we were (laughs) oh that's awesome all right next on the list is uh donna tyson man that's my bestie uh die for her uh, Donna and me, we immediately clicked when I got to Nebraska. She's someone that I just, uh, her personality is unmatched. I mean, she's such a free spirited person. She loves everyone she meets and she'd do anything for anybody. And so uh, both of us have, have literally grown into crazy people, but like, she is my go-to, like that's someone that I know I'll always be able to confide in, trust and, and just love for, for forever. So that's my girl. Awesome. Uh, Taylor Edwards. Uh, that's awesome, my girl. Dang, I got too many girls. Uh, <laughs> Taylor was actually um, first person at Nebraska to like jump down my throat and not be like afraid to like get on me. And I respected Taylor for that because I probably was, like I said, my freshman year was a hot mess. But Taylor was the one that just kind of she saw the potential in me. But um, I always had a thing of making excuses for some reason. And my freshman year, she was like shut your mouth and stop making excuses, like get to work. And from then on, like Taylor was someone that I always could trust to just be real with me, to Mm -hmm. always be transparent. And she has such a big heart for people and, and she loves everyone she meets. And so I I respect Taylor for forever. And she's someone that I will always, uh, when I need the real, I'll I'll go to Taylor. So that's where where I feel about her. It's always good. Always good to have somebody on the team like that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, next up is uh, Kelsey Stewart. Kelsey, man, me and Kelsey actually played uh, against each other all growing up through. She's from Mays. Uh, well, she's from Wichita, Kansas. Right. And so in high school and in travel ball, Wichita Mustangs and Mays were we were always playing each other. So no me way. And Kelsey got got to know each other really well, like growing up just like through the game. And then um, in college, I mean, we both were just like the two Kansas kids that kind of came out and actually like we're doing something in college and we, I just remember us connecting. And then uh, I don't remember my first year getting to play with Kelsey might've been my second or third year professionally. And we just clicked. I mean, we, like I said, we didn't have a ton to like be able to like connect all the time, but we always had like softball to kind of like bridge that gap for us. And then the first year that we were on a team together, I mean, it was like, we were just, friends like you could tell we were just like really close and you know we cared about each other and then playing with her uh this past summer was inexperienced she didn't get to play as much as she wanted to uh, because she had some some injuries and some other stuff going on but other than that I mean she she was still there and she's still someone that again I will uh, for forever cherish like our relationship because it is very different and I think to be able to see it grow just over the years through softball has been really cool Awesome. Uh, last one on the list is Krista Wood. Man, uh, Coach Wood is awesome. I don't call her Krista. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I call her Coach Wood. Uh, she's awesome. I mean, she's she's a competitor. I think that uh, being a part of her staff has made me grow a ton. Just because, I mean, there's so much that she's just like taught me, and she's very like just very level headed. It's it's awesome to see like how she has changed the program at South Dakota state. And then being a part of that, I, I'll never forget um, my interview process with her and how passionate she was about the vision for Jack Rabbit softball. And that immediately was kind of like what I clung, clung to because I was just like, she's, she's in it for the right reason. She knows what she's doing. And she took a program that literally was in the dirt and has given it so much life. And so she's really passionate, but I would say like, what's really cool about our relationship is that like, outside of coaching, we are like friends. Like you can tell that like, we care about each other. We care about each other's family. It's like, it's family. So mm-hmm. like to me, to be honest, I mean, it sounds weird, but like having her as like a, a big sister figure in a way, I wouldn't even say mom because she's not that much older than me, right, but right. Uh, she's just been like a, a great mentor for me to have. And she's, she's been so fun to coach with. I mean, we bounce ideas off of each other all the time. We are very like, 
cordial and like just trying to like we're not afraid to say yeah I don't like that or I do like that like we're just very just like a friendship like I said and I think that's what makes coaching so easy for for us and our staff is that we are we do have like that family atmosphere and so it's been awesome getting to to know her and getting to know her family and I mean like I said she brings me in like one of her own so being a part of the staff has been really special and I'm, I'm really glad that she she took a chance on me that's awesome it's great when you can have a uh, like a, a great dynamic like that especially with the coaching staff right yes absolutely yeah well Kiki this is this is about it. Uh, I need to thank you very much for coming on, uh, you know, talking about your career and, and everything to go along with it. Uh, I'd like to wish you the best of luck the upcoming season with the, with the Jackrabbits there and, uh, you know, happy holidays to, to you and the family. I appreciate it, man. This was so fun. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad to see like more people doing podcasts and like getting to really know people because it's, it's different. I mean, you, you see things on social media, but to, like really dive in has been a lot of fun and I appreciate you and your time. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks Kiki. Take care. Yeah. You're right. All right. Bye-bye. All right, kids. Time to get in bed. Santa's coming soon. Okay. Can you read a book? All right. Just one story. All right. Here we go. On the night so silent night Stay by okay. the fire, baby It's so cold outside Tis the season it's snow Decorations, don't forget tradition. Baby, it's cold outside, you need to get your mittens. Hang the mistletoe and write your Christmas wishes. It's better to give than receive. Show the kids the difference. Cause this year, this year has been a tough one. I'm just trying to celebrate and spend it with my loved ones. Spread some cheer, pouring festive beer. I appreciate the blessings I was blessed with here. Uncle Chris and Aunt Leah reminiscing on the front porch. Little Tay Tay trying to build another snow fort. Uh, I hear the church bells ringing. I'll be there Christmas Eve with my family all singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, uh, I said we be all singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, uh, I'm saying, I'm saying. Well, I'll be ready with the lights on. Got the decorations up. It's taking me all night long. Log on the fire. Put on my ugly sweater. The children are...